Welcome to Leadership, the Future, and Tea, featuring our special guests, hosted by Andy Davis and N. Moffitt, a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Okay, welcome to Leadership, the Future, and Tea. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Blake Morgan. Blake, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, Blake, we're utterly delighted that you're with us. And uh, we just had a little bit of technical faff between us, but we've all persevered and we're on the call now. So we're delighted to, uh, to have you on the podcast. We're also joined by Ian Moffat, as usual. Hello, everyone. And Blake, it's an absolute delight to have you on the show. Thank you. Blake Morgan is a leader in customer experience. She's a keynote speaker and customer experience futurist and author of two books on customer experience. Blake is a guest lecturer at Columbia University, the University of California, as well as adjunct faculty at the Rutgers Executive Education MBA program. Blake contributes to Forbes, the Harvard Business Review and Hemispheres magazine. She is the host of the Modern Customer podcast and has a weekly customer experience video series on YouTube. Blake, we want to get right into this because uh, we know that you're uh, an expert on customer service and uh, I love your book that we're going to come on to talk about later. But um, let's start off with the easy one, okay? Who's your leadership role model and why? tough one because there are so many people that I have watched and listened to and read in my career. But one person that keeps coming up again and again is Mel Brooks. She is a phenomenal speaker. She became really famous after her TED Talk went viral. And um, as far as personal development, self-development, I think Mel Robbins just is unstoppable in how she delivers messages, her story. Um, her stories and just how real she is because for me that that's my brand it's just yeah. being real people don't like, like such a manicured and polished and even scripted way of storytelling yeah. and i think she really um she really is a model for how i'd like to be as well as i become a better speaker um and and she's just very real so mel robbins wow wow what 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 wonderful recommendation. I look forward to uh, watching that um, TED Talk at some point. And again, we'll post the uh, the link to that. Uh, so what a fantastic start. And you talked about uh, one of the things that you admired there about Mel was that being real. And, uh, you, you know, obviously a fantastic speaker as well. I, and I just wonder what are the other traits that you look for in leaders? Humility is a big one. I think today mm. you can't be a leader that isn't willing to get into the trenches with your people. Um, I, I actually like a little bit of humor and self-deprecation. I think that you can't take yourself too seriously and yep. these are complicated times. And if you can get people to relax and laugh, even they're going to trust you more because yeah. the days of the leader being in the ivory tower, not being kind of on the ground with people is over and yeah. they, these are complicated times. We need transformational leadership. And so a couple of the qualities that I write about are humility, um, being approachable, neighborly, and um, and then we have humor. And it'll be a little self-deprecating, like everyone's human. I'm a leader. I'm human. And um, those are some of my favorites. That's great. I love the fact that you brought out neighborly there. We've not heard that one before. Um, but neighborly really sums up a, a, a real, for me, it's, it means homely, it means welcoming and supportive and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, neighborly, I really like that one. Thank you. That's really clear. 
Yeah, thank you. It's it's really about being approachable because I've spent a lot of time studying contact centers. And the contact center is really a gold mine. It's where customers call in when they're upset. Yeah. They might be the ones to alert you on a really important bug or flaw in your product or service. And the executives that are neighborly are approachable. And a contact center agent or a customer facing employee would be more comfortable going up to that senior executive and saying, hey, you know, we got a problem here or we have an opportunity here. And that executive will listen. Um, yeah. And there's an article I wrote, billion dollar mistakes that would have been caught early on, like the canary in the coal mine. Yep. So there's a lot of value in the contact center and neighborly approachable executives that talk to employees. They're going to create a better, more efficient business in the end. Uh, spot on. Yeah, I love it. What a great competence for people to add. Ian, we're going to hand over to you for a bit. Yeah, well, you, you, uh, obviously, customer service is a huge part of what you do and you're known for. What are you, what are you seeing in the, in the um, virtual events you're attending, the customers you're speaking to? What are, what are the key changes that you're starting to see in customer service in these, these very strange times? So, whereas before, companies might have thought they had three to five years to go through a digital transformation, now they're having to do it in about one month because of COVID-19. No customer wants to have to go into the contact center or go into a store. And my stance is that a customer should never, under any circumstances, ever have to call you. And mm -hmm. the companies that already started on their digital transformation early, that are digital natives, these are the companies that are thriving today where it doesn't matter what channel the customer comes in on, that company is able to serve that in March. All over the world started to realize that COVID-19 was going to be a game changer for them and it could have been negative or positive depending on how digitally ready they were to deal with this digital customer that wants to be contacted. Yeah, and they, they, they designed yeah, that I, process I, I, in from day one, didn't they? You know, these the more yeah, modern absolutely. thinking in that way in that terms of that customer journey. Yeah, and Blake, it's interesting that you hit on because, of course, there's so many of those customers that are now uh, now laggards, right? They're, they're now so far behind that curve that that lack of digital transformation is now probably causing them some severe lack of competitive advantage. Um, yeah, have you, have you seen much of that within your customer base, within your contacts? I actually delivered a webinar recently for government and public sector here in the U.S. And, uh -huh. and, you know, there was a research report coupled with the webinar. And what we found is that public sector is just not ready to accommodate this digital customer. And um, I mean, what I've heard, even somebody, I think on LinkedIn, someone the other day told me that they're, they were on hold, like the, you know, the IVR will tell you how long the wait time is. Mm -hmm. It was like 240 minutes or something oh, whoa. like oh. something crazy and um it just goes to show you like before we were behind with customer experience now it's becoming very evident who is not prepared to serve a customer yeah. in the customer's preferred way and so what yeah. i'm seeing is that the companies that are already tech savvy like apple Amazon, um, even Walmart has really shown its muscle this year. In the U.S., Walmart is very, very big. Um, yeah. Spotify well, and all these companies are doing so well. Peloton, where yeah, they are pivoting yeah. toward this new lifestyle. Like I, I think I read that Peloton is actually out of stock. 
or something. Like, yeah. they can't slow enough bikes fat. Like, they, have too, they don't have enough bikes to accommodate the demand. Mm. Uh, because now we're dealing with this customer experience mindset because of COVID, where a customer is home. They're doing everything out of the home. I just connected on email this weekend with the CIO of Logitech. And they create microphones, cameras, and they're doing really well, he told me, because obviously all employees now are working from home remote and they need Correct. remote tools to be able to communicate. So we're just seeing the speeding up of a digital society, which to me is actually the silver lining, because if we can make people's lives easier and better with technology, we should be doing that. And so I think this is the silver lining of a very challenging year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. And um, I'm just going to very briefly mention your book. And uh, there you go. Oh. Okay. Yeah. The Customer of the Future. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, okay, because um, I, I've read your book from front to cover. I absolutely love it to pieces. Um, and I'll come back to some of my favorite bits of it in a minute. But I just want to link into what you were just talking about, which is about people waiting in line for various different amounts of minutes. And in your book, you, you have this amazing sort of story about Jeff Bezos uh, in the meeting with his, all his VPs ringing the Amazon customer support line and in waiting for four minutes before the call is answered. And in this meeting, everybody was getting quite nervous about how long this was taking to happen because the VP of customer support was kind of assuming this was like a 30-second to a minute thing. Um, do you think that leaders actually do this on the floor activity enough to experience their own customer support i think that getting negative feedback is painful when you say like m most of the time when you go to a party you wouldn't go up to a stranger and say like what do you think of me like how do i look or something <laughs> <laughs> why well you don't want to hear them say well your shirt's a little stained and i don't know you've got some food in your hair or something which I have a four-month-old at home, so yeah, I guess that's describing myself right now, <laughs> even though I got dressed and put on makeup for you guys today. But the point is that sometimes when you ask for feedback, it can be painful. And I think yeah. most executives, they simply don't want to hear it. They, they don't want to do the work. They don't have that, like Jeff Bezos has this, he jumps out of bed in the morning excited to serve somebody. He's always, mm. he's obsessed with feedback. Every day, employees at Amazon are surveyed one question so they can continue to improve and take that information and put it into a feedback loop so i think most people it's normal to not want to hear mm. negative feedback but if you can be someone in your personal life or that listens to feedback doesn't take it personally and uses that information to improve whatever you're working on, that's so valuable. And because so many businesses don't do it, if you actually are the company that does it, you'll make huge gains in customer experience. Yeah, it is. It's Absolutely. Yeah, you, you're really going to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I, I think that encouraging the feedback from um, prospects, from customers, the prospects didn't buy as well. Uh, you've got to learn from all of your people or even customers that are leaving because of a a shoddy service you know sometimes that's the most toughest feedback to take but actually it's the most worthwhile um so yeah I, i'm with you all the way on that as well ian yeah no so i was um a couple of bits here i was listening to the um your most recent article i think it was posted a few days ago uh called three ways that uh, companies can stay human during a crisis and there was there was a, so it's really close to my heart is this idea of trust you know and who do we actually trust 
and there was a shocking stat in here. There was um, the survey I think Deloitte did was twenty eight thousand people surveyed, and only four percent of people said that the the people they trust about what does the future hold is organisations. You know, they were going to doctors mm -hmm. and sort of establishments, stuff like. But only four percent of the organisations were actually cited as being the people they went to contact, which is which is a bit scary, really. So that for me. I was really interested in in getting underneath that more empathy and the human aspects of dealing with things, and, and ask the question: Do you think do, do you think leaders are starting to, or are they fully embracing now um, those key, key more human empathetic attributes, or is there more work to do? Well, I know that my message, the book that you put in the camera. Thanks for showing me that. I appreciate that you read my book. And um, the message that I, the platform I stand on is the human experience, that life is hard. We should all be trying our best to serve others, whether that's our families, our employees, our customers. It's better for everyone. And that's the experience people want, and they'll come back for more. And so I believe that this message is resonating because they are calling me and saying, Blake, for example, a really big software company here in the Bay Area. He told me the story of, he told me the story of a senior executive from, I'm like debating if I should tell you this, but if it's anonymous, I guess, the head of uh, Veterans Affairs for the US, uh, the CIO of the Veterans Affairs. He personally called this person that was a former military guy as well attended West Point and yep. he personally called him and the guy works in customer success he's the head of a customer success organization and said basically you don't give an f about us and cursed <laughs> and that hurt him so bad then he called me in to speak to his team because he said like I literally he basically wanted to cry he was so upset that that the company had really let the veterans down in the U.S. And wow. it's moments like this where we really need to kind of pull back and just level set on what is the experience we want to provide to others. Yeah. How does it feel to be on the receiving end of this experience? Then we can start building our technology experiences and moving forward. But until we level set on this customer experience mindset, uh, it doesn't matter what technology you have nothing is going to to really resonate with the personal receiving end if the human mission and values is not there at the onset yeah they, they they've got to be able to put themselves in the position of that human that consumer haven't they ultimately to understand it right hmm. we, we talked uh, on, on the podcast before a lot uh, about those, uh, those values those, those ones that you each get out of bed with and, and come to work with on a daily basis and uh, you know sometimes with the best one in the world some people just don't have the same values and uh, it is about then driving that and actually educating people do you think that's a an easy an easy hit or is that just an ongoing battle i don't think that establishing your values that is easy i think that we're we're all different we all grew up with different values um, and we can easily misunderstand each other but yeah. that's the challenge of business. And that I remember like being a young person in my first jobs in New York City and thinking like, this is now my family. Like I spend more time mm. with these people than anyone. Yep. And what world would I just be thrown into a big room with all these people that are so different than me? We're all so different. 
Yeah. And I thought I felt lucky to be exposed to people I would never normally maybe get to know. And I think yeah. that's the ultimate challenge today is we li- we're working and living in, a, in the world of globalization. So we can't just think about how we were raised and what our values are. We have to really put some effort to figure out how can we all come together around a common mission and figure out what the yeah. value set of this culture. That purpose yeah. and mission is absolutely very true. We hear about that so yeah. often on podcast, don't we, Andy? Yeah, it's the purpose word again. We, we yeah. th- there's some real sort of uh, uh, bingo words that we could use on here, right? Um, we talk about trust all the time. We talk about purpose as, as well. We talk about empathy, and um, yeah, the, the purpose is a, is a huge thing for people. Okay, just simply asking people what's your purpose. Another check-in for when a leader speaks to one of their employees. The really cool question to ask: What's, what's your purpose here? And let people uh, contemplate what the question actually means. So yeah, yeah, yeah I love that as well. Let, let me turn this into the future of, of customer service because again, we want to draw on your expertise, Blake, and we want you to help other leaders out there really actually reflect and drive their own customer service so what should their leaders be really thinking about um, the next big thing for customer services that they should be focusing on yeah we're still aiming for this one view of the customer where the customer mm. doesn't have to work so hard to repeat themselves when they call yeah. the bank and you reach the credit card department and now you must go to the checking card department and uh, yep, these are basic things we've been trying to do for years. Um, so I think the problem is that companies don't view the contact center as an investment. They don't see it as a relationship building tool. They see it as a cost center. They're still approaching it with a butts and seats mentality. They're still approaching mm. it with how much, what's the cost per call? What is the average handle time in the call center? Mm. I think the goal is to be like Amazon, to actually eliminate the need for uh, the call center and focus so much on self-service that the customer never needs to contact you. And that's really the dream. And then you can shift your very valuable people resources toward adding value to that customer rather than simply putting out fires. And there's a great um, example of this. And I'd actually like to take your listeners and viewers on a little break Please do. From this podcast and take you on a little walk next to a river. And let's imagine that you're walking on the banks of a river and you're with your best friend. Let's imagine each of you have your own best friend in your own river. So you're walking along the banks of a river and all of a sudden you hear somebody screaming and splashing and flailing their arms in the river. And you and your best friend realize that someone is drowning. And so you and your best friend dive into the river, swim over to that drowning person, and you guys together drag her out of the water to safety. But as soon as you get to shore, you hear another person drowning in the river. And you and your friend swim over to this guy, you arduously drag him out. But then when you get to shore, there's a third person drowning. And so again, you jump into the river, go to this drowning person, but you look up and you realize your friend has abandoned you. And you see him walking along the shore upstream. You say, hey, friend, where are you going? We have to save this drowning person. And he says to you, I'm going, I'm walking upstream to figure out who's throwing all these people into the river. And Mm. the point of this parable for customer service is that we have this hero mentality. 
where we love to be the hero. We love to save yeah. the day. But this is a problem because if we simply figured out why our customers are drowning, we wouldn't have to be the hero in the first place. And that should be the goal. Wow. It's not very often that we tell people not to be the hero, is it? You know, actually walking up the bank and finding out that, that root cause this is absolutely the right answer. I love it. I love it. I hope that people have taken the time to sit there and actually think about that and apply that to their own business. Because I certainly know uh, a few business leaders that uh, that really struggle on a daily basis with their own uh, service, uh, customer support and customer service. I, I Yeah, I think that's really powerful, Blake. Yeah. Thank you. No, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I really think it is. Um, I, yeah, let me, um, let me just ask the next one then, because I, I know this is this is diverting away from such a great parable there, but in terms of building your network, and often the network is where people start to find solutions to their problems, right? So your your colleague, your friend, the CIO reached out to you because you're in their network. In terms of actually people taking active steps to build the network, is, is that you? Is, is that your thing? Do you, do you just let it evolve naturally and you with who comes to you? How does it work for you? No, it's not natural. It's a formula that I've been doing <laughs> since I was like 23 because I started my career at a conference company. And the reason I fell into customer service and experience was I started producing big events on exactly the thing I'm doing still, which is customer service, customer experience. And I started collecting people on LinkedIn. If someone, I work with someone, my first testimonials from 2007, oh, wow. because I think I realized early on that, well, first of all, I lived in New York City alone, no family, didn't know anybody really. And so I had to survive. I had to have a network and a community. Yeah. So I think very early on, I realized that I needed for survival, I needed other people. And so I've been doing that for like 15 years. And um, so it's not natural. It's something I've worked at. And people will start to follow you as you work really hard to add value to the community. So whether that's new ideas, ways to think about things. I've realized recently that what I do is not just being a speaker. I help provide other people the language so they mm. can communicate what is customer experience to their teams. And so just providing them the language and the structure to organize these ideas because they're a bit complicated and sometimes intangible. So as I've done that, I have had a Forbes column for six, seven years. People have started to follow me have a podcast for many years. So people start to follow me and, and I enjoy engaging with them just like I've enjoyed meeting you guys and seeing you on video today. I know it's like Thank eight o'clock where you are and um, my husband in this podcast was helping to set up um, the IT and you know, Jacob, and that's yep. fun and saw him on video. So it's just, I mean, this, this is the human side of business that I actually enjoy. I think if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be very successful. I think you have to genuinely like it or find a way to make it fun. Because I think for a lot of people, networking is very awkward. It's not fun, uh, but I, I love it. So for me, it's it feels natural, but it wasn't natural. I definitely had to work at it. Yeah. I, uh, Ian, we, we've, we've spoke to a, a few people on this podcast, haven't we? And there's a few people that probably privately outside of the podcast say to us, you know, I really, really find networking and building a network really, really difficult. Am I? My go-to uh, at any event is to go and sit in the corner and uh, and be a wallflower. 
and you know it, it's it's for every so everybody across the board suffers with it right whether people are really senior or really junior but my encouragement is for everybody to get out there and uh, walk into a room and introduce yourself okay and if you do that if you speak to people believe me people speak back and um and at that point you, you make some great contacts and even you and i do this around the world we, we normally yeah. in normal days uh we we get the privilege of traveling to different countries and doing this and we get the same reception don't we and, and uh, I love it personally, going into a new room of people and, and, you know, just walking up and starting to talk to people about business or, or life in general. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just a great different part of your brain you get to use, right? But we talk to all sorts of different, you know, this stereotypical extroverts and introverts. And um, we've met some amazing introverted leaders who excel at social mm. media. But we'll be terrified of going yeah. into that physical space, uh, you know, and, and, and doing that, which is it's it's so surprising. But one of the things I always get out of networking is that reset from the day to day operation. And you talk something through with someone and it spurs an idea and it just t- creates a, a different space that you can go back to your work and you can apply yourself in a different way as a result of that. So, so I, I'm really looking forward to us getting back to, you know, physical events uh, and networking. Just on that, um, so looking at this, I say the uh, crisis generally, you know, economic crisis, war, um, th- things like the, you know, the pandemic that we're in now, always change the way in which the world works. So, how do you, how do you see organize the the organisational change and therefore the leadership change that's going to come from the the, the post COVID world? Yeah, there's some research from a company called Podium that company. Uh, customers and people all over the world, they don't want to go back to the way things were. They're enjoying not having to go into an office every single day. And I think that some of these changes will be lasting changes. I personally think my industry is forever changed. Jacob and I are speakers and we don't really make money unless we're on the road, but we've seen a complete shift to virtual events. I never took I took somewhat of a maternity leave, but I was so busy this summer, even though I just had a baby, that um, it was actually great for me personally because I didn't have to leave my four-month-old son to continue to do my job as a speaker for events. So I think some of these changes in the business world will stay with us for years with more virtual events um, and the growth of this digital industry, whether that's podcasting, like what you guys are doing, Um, or virtual conferences of all kinds. I mean, if you look at education in the U.S. and all over the world, I wonder, like my daughter is four years old and a lot of her friends never went to elementary school like they were supposed to. They were doing Zoom school from home because in California, all the schools are shut down. So so I wonder what school will look like in the future. Mm -hmm. Will it be a mix of virtual and in-person? And is that a bad thing? Because technology, there's so many blessings that come from technology. And if you think about time management, I think that we still today do so many things that waste time, like commuting to a job. And wherever I lived growing up, like I always worked and lived in a similar place. Like when I lived in New York City, I lived 20 minutes from work walking because I always wanted to be able to exercise in the morning. This was very important. Just how I felt, I noticed if I got in a jog in the morning, I felt so much better for yeah. the day. So I made this kind of promise to myself that I would always live near 
where I work so I could have more time for myself. And I think if, as a society, if we actually give people time back to not commute up to two hours a day, I live in the Bay Area, it's super yeah. trafficy. People commute two, two and a half hours sometimes each way on a bad day wow. to get from where I live, North Bay to the South Bay, which is like all the big tech companies. Like imagine what you could do with that time if you had it back and how stress would go way down. So I think we've been doing a lot of things for years that don't make sense on a health level. So I'm really excited for some of these lasting changes from COVID. I definitely miss seeing people. That's been hard and making those connections like you guys. Like I love being on the road. I love, I was in Norway in February um, and I, yeah, that's kind of near where you guys are. But for me, uh, that was so interesting to go to Norway. I was in London in October, probably near where, maybe near where you guys are. And um, just, I miss that. So that's hard. I think when this is over, people will be so excited to return to some of that face-to-face -face networking that we all miss. Oh, yeah, the face-to-face -face networking is is part of it. And uh, myself and Ian, we're looking forward to uh, being on a, a plane out to the US very soon. Let me know. And uh, yeah, San Francisco. It's, qual it's quality yeah, time. It's quality time yeah, on a plane. Oh. I, I crunch a couple of audio books between, you know, both sides of the Atlantic. And it's just, it's just, it's selfishly, it's me time. So I can't wait to get back on a plane. <laughs> I, I get yeah. it. Now that we can do it, it's like, well, sitting on a plane for a while sounds kind of nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Blake, um, you've, you've talked very eloquently about your work and how it's changed uh, under COVID and how those virtual events are starting to affect uh, your business or how you're doing business differently. I wonder if there's any, uh, as a really accomplished businesswoman, if there's any advice that you want to give out to people that are really striving to lead their own businesses. Yes. So actually, I'm so glad you asked this because Jacob and I saw the writing on the wall and then COVID happened. And we have actually launched a whole business on this called the Be Your Own Boss podcast. Brilliant. And you can go to BYOBpodcast.com because we are now teaching people how to do what we do, how to be self-employed. And I think we've recorded 30 episodes now. We have our first sponsors this week. We have our first sponsor. We have GoDaddy and FedEx main up sponsoring and we're really excited to help people understand well maybe there's more stability actually in working for myself i mean we've personally mm. seen a lot of our neighbors get laid off yeah uh, really crazy things happen moving and i believe that the only stability in life you can create is what you create for yourself and yeah. so we are so excited to bring people with the beer on boss podcast like all these great tips because we had to figure out everything on our own so we don't want anyone else to make all the mistakes that we made. Fantastic. Well, that sounds brilliant. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to that. And as, as always, we're going to put all of the links down in the show notes for everybody to consume. Uh, I'm definitely going to put a link into your book. Obviously, we'll put a link into the uh, BYOB as well and, and anything else we, we get to discuss in the next few minutes. Um, and I love this. I love getting to this part of the show because I get to ask these, these fantastic questions. And one of my favorite is what is your leadership legacy going to be? You know, it's not hard for me to think of what my legacy is. I have a daughter and I think for me, um, being a mom, working, like all of these lessons, these hard things I had to figure out on my own because life can be different growing up female. And I want to be 
a leader and an example of how girls and women can be leaders, can be speakers, can show up in business and in their communities. And so for me, that is number one. Like I'm so passionate about that topic because as a young woman, you know, you guys talked about being introverted. I was extremely insecure, extremely introverted. And I joined Toastmasters International because my boss made me. He's like, I had a podcast in 2009 and he said, you know, Blake, it was clear I wasn't really great at podcast interviewing. And he said, you need to go do Toastmasters. And they did. And it's kind of shocking to me that my job now is to get on a stage and speak on a microphone to hundreds or thousands of people. And if I can do it, me, young girl can do it. But it, it is confusing because there's no handbook. Like there's definitely no handbook to having a baby and being self-employed. And I know a lot of women who work in corporate, they take a pause when they have children because it's so hard. So I would like to be a beacon for other girls and women and men. Like my husband's with me, you know, doing podcasts about how do you have a baby and have your own business because it's um, women, when they struggle, it affects men in their lives too. So if we can help uplift women, um, especially in business, I think it's better for everybody. Brilliant. And it is fantastic. And we were privileged just to speak with uh, Jacob just for the two minutes before we, uh, we we got onto recording this. And it's great to see you guys working together. I have seen the, um, the, 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 the BYOB uh, podcast there. I'm looking forward to listening to it, right? It looks, and what you're describing that looks fantastic. So I, I, I truly think that actually you've, you've really timed it really well because I think that there's so many people out there that are looking at anything other than the normal uh, employment channels in future. And, you know, one of the, the greatest, of course, is for self-employment. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. And, and good for you. You are that beacon of, uh, of leadership for women, uh, young women as well. And uh, yeah, you keep, keep doing it. We love reading your stuff. So thank you. Thank you. Um, we, Blake, we're getting toward the end. Okay? One of the most important parts, and we did, really do mean this, is the resources section. And uh, we ask our guests, what are the resources that you'd like to leave our listeners with? And what we will do is afterwards, we're going to publish all of this in the show notes. Everybody can get those links, be it books, websites, podcasts, uh, LinkedIn addresses, web addresses, anything that you want to tell us about, please. Yeah, I actually have a new course that I just launched like a week ago, and it's at www.customerexperienceschool.com. So it's a three-hour course I've recorded, and it's you can get certified in the customer of the future, which is the framework based on my book, where you get a nice LinkedIn image as well that you're certified. And so if, I would love for listeners to check that out, customerexperienceschool.com, and take my Brilliant. course. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm, I can't wait to sign up for that as well. <laughs> so I'm just hoping, uh, hoping I pass and, and else, I'm hoping I pass, you know. <laughs> anything else, Blake? Should we, uh, should we post your, um, your LinkedIn profile address as well? Is that okay? Yes. Thank you so much, you guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. No problem. And the thing I did promise everybody, um, I have read uh, Blake's book, okay, The Customer of the Future, and it's 10 Guided Principles for Winning Tomorrow's Business. Uh, it's great read. Um, one of my favorite chapters is uh, building a customer-centric culture. It, it's great. There's so many reflections there that you've got. I love some of the stories that you've got about Amazon because of just reading about Amazon anyway. Um, and I particularly love uh, your reflection on the no-asshole rule. And it's just a genius piece of business that 
more people need to really soak up and actually adhere to okay it's one of my favorite parts of the book so uh, it's my so new favorite title is my new favorite title of a section of the book as well <laughs> that's awesome there you go so it should be <laughs> Uh, Blake, uh, we're going to wrap up there, but we want to say thank you very much. Uh, you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you for imparting knowledge. Um, yeah, you, you've been an absolute pleasure. So thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. you thank so you much. so much. Thank you. Okay, so everybody, that's uh, Leadership of the Future and Tea. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to our very special guest, Blake Morgan. We hope we uh, catch you on the next episode very soon. Bye bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership, the Future, and Tea. Please take time to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also leave us a comment with topics you would like to hear in the upcoming episodes.